Hello everyone, my name is Brett Denman and this is another episode of Our High Calling. I pray that you've had a blessed week. Uh, I know my family has. We had uh, an opportunity to go into the Redwood Forest uh, this past weekend and it's always a blessing to get out in nature, especially uh, to see something as magnificent as the uh, really big trees that you find in the Northern California Redwoods. Uh, but it was just a blessing to be out as a family. And I pray that you uh, take take the an opportunity when you, you can to get out in nature, you know, really spend some time out in God's creation, uh, meditate, uh, just breathe in fresh air. You know, it's a, it's a real blessing. What I'd like to talk about today, you know, is our mission as, as Christians. You know, there's, there's something that we should be doing as followers of Christ, you know, and what did Jesus have to say regarding our mission? And we find it in Matthew, Matthew 24, verse 14. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. You know, and there's nothing that unites people more than a mission, getting behind a mission, you know, and if there's vision and focus, you know, people can get excited because um, we, we are uh, inclined to do things, to accomplish things. And, you know, that's what our country, you know, if you're from America, that's what Americans are, are known for. But much more so as Christians, you know, we have a work to do. There's something that we can accomplish with our lives for Jesus. And that's what we were called to do. You know, during his life, Jesus was preparing his church for uh, the mission. And you, you don't get too far when you read the Gospels and you begin to realize that Jesus is setting the stage, setting the pace for the work of the church, the mission of the church to go into all the world to make disciples. You remember he called Peter and Andrew, James and John, and he said, he, he called them from, from their job as fishermen and said, you know, I, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And he's, he was going to teach them how to do that. And later he appointed, you know, the 12 apostles. You know, he laid hands on them. He pr- prayed over them and he sent them out on, on missionary endeavors to preach and to lead people to accepting, you know, the kingdom of heaven in their hearts. And then later he sent out the 70 and said, go and do likewise. You know, you're going to be able to heal the sick and the devils are going to flee from you and you'll be preaching the gospel. So he sent out the 70 and then, you know, during the 40 days after his resurrection, he placed the responsibility of preaching the gospel into their hands. And it's always been God's plan for his people to be a light in a dark world. You know. Jesus said in, let's stay in, in the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, let's read 14 to 16. It says, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, that's powerful. The world is dark with respect to the knowledge um, 
regarding the character of God. There's darkness with regard to who God is. Um, you know, is God truly love, or or is he, as the the atheists say, some you know uh, vindictive landlord overlooking the planet, uh, you know, ready to strike down uh, someone down when they do something wrong. You know, people have very contorted ideas regarding who God is. You know, it's a it's very dark. People have these misconceptions and these ideas when it comes to the true character of God. And God's followers, you know, the plan is that we are to be set into the world um, to illuminate them, right? To show them um, who, who God is, right? To shine the glorious character of Jesus to others. That's the mission. You know, I want to read a little bit of church history. Let's go to the, the Old Testament book of Isaiah. So in Isaiah chapter 60, and we're going to read verse 1 to 3. He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And then verse 3, The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So back then, uh, back there, God tells his people, arise and shine. And we understand from reading the history of Israel and understanding prophecy that God gave his people a certain period of time to get their act together before they weren't really shining for, for him, were they? You know, they were actually falling into line with heathen practices and customs than being, you know, rather than being distinct, peculiar people. And, you know, not peculiar in a sense of weird, but peculiar in the sense of straight and obedient to God's will. You know, the first uh, day of creation, what did God say? He said, let there be light. And that's exactly right, because what was happening? The darkness covered the face of the deep. God said, let there be light. Light is indispensable to life. Light um, is, is, is what God uh, used on, on that day to, to separate and, and to illuminate the world, right? Because God himself, before he created the sun, it was God himself was that illuminating light. He was the source of life, and therefore he is the source of light. And, you know, because of, of the close relationship uh, between God and light, the Bible writers often use light to symbolize things like truth and knowledge and godliness and so on. And you can find it throughout the entire Bible that you see this word, word light and it's, it's distinct to, to God and to, and to goodness, right? Uh, John said in John 1 verse 4 that, that Jesus, he was the light of men. And, and speaking of himself, in John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So Jesus is the one who dispels darkness and brings life and light. And when you read early in Jesus' ministry, you know, he, he basically spelled it out here. You know, what we're reading is the early part of Jesus' ministry. And he tells us, he tells his followers they're to be in the world 
and they are to be the light of the world. And, you know, Israel, the, the nation of Israel, they were called to shine for Jesus. You know, this has been God's plan. This was God's plan from way back when he invited Abraham to represent him. He said, and this is God speaking to Abraham, I want you to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you, and I want you to be a blessing to the ends of the earth. And that promise was extended to Israel, and Israel was to shine the light of the gospel to the heathen nations. So we are called to be the light of this world. There's no doubt about that. And what does that mean, right? You know, first, what is light? So if we just look in the dictionary, that's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to read from the dictionary. It says, light is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. Um, you know, so, but, so simply stating light is simply a natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible, right? That's light. Light is radiant energy, also known as electromagnetic radiation, and that's light, and we're called to be that. You know, and what does it mean to be the light of the world? You know, what does that mean? First of all, in our definition, it says that uh, light is intended to illuminate. So, to illuminate the pathway to the kingdom of God so that people can see their way to heaven. Right? That's what Jesus did. When he came into this world, he was the light. He was showing us the path to heaven. He was showing us how to do it through his life and his character and, the, and his words and the things, his actions. You know, he was illuminating our path. And, you know, we need to be that now. We need to represent Christ to this world. And, you know, Jesus used uh, the story of the bridesmaid, right? They were to have their lamps trimmed and burning, and the purpose of that was to light the way to the bridegroom's home. And so God has called us to be the lights to illuminate as well. And um, do you remember, uh, if we read in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is seen walking up and down in the midst of the seven what? Do you remember? Golden candlesticks. And you read the same chapter that uh, those seven golden candlesticks are the seven churches. And more specifically, the ones mentioned there in Revelation chapter 2 and 3 you know, are also mentioned in chapter 1. But Jesus likened the church to a golden candlestick to be a light. And of course, when we understand that the seven churches of Revelation are uh, that they don't only represent, you know, the literal churches that existed back there in modern day Turkey, but the churches also represent the history of the Christian church starting in in the the first century and and going all the way up into the the return of Jesus Christ. And if you've never heard that before, maybe I'll go into a Bible study about the seven churches. It's just fascinating. Um so the reason God has called the church, you know, to be the light in the world is because darkness envelops the world. Because the light of Christ's love reflected in our lives is to penetrate that darkness. You know, and, and that is a difficult thing because there is darkness at every turn. You know, every aspect of, of my life is just inundated, uh, with darkness, I mean, you, you, 
you know, my my kids and I will will put on a video from Amazon Prime, uh, you know, like a documentary or something like that. But Amazon Prime still has commercials, and so they'll show these commercials, and it's it's just rubbish. These commercials, and it's just darkness. The stuff that they're 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 pushing, so you can't you can't escape it. But you know what? We can be and do better. And, you know, when you talk about shining a light, you know, it's been said that he who would shine as a light must burn. You know, he would shine as a light must burn. Have you heard that? No candle uh, light or, or can give light without the wax being consumed. And, you know, no lamp, if you haven't, like an oil lamp, can give light unless the oil is being used up, right? Same with the flashlight. No flashlight can give light unless the batteries are being spent. And so if we're going to shine as lights in the world, that simply means there's got to be less of me and more of Jesus. And it was, it was John the Baptist who was talking of Jesus when he said in, in, in John 3.30 that... Uh, he must increase and I must decrease. You know, this is an important aspect that every follower of Christ must come to understand that when we are representing representing Christ, it's not about me, it's about him. It's not about drawing uh, men's attention to myself, it's about drawing attention to Jesus Christ. And I'm going to get into a little bit, uh, into that a little bit later. Uh, so, it's important that if we're going to shine, self has got to be leveled, right? Self has got to be consumed, used up, so to speak, in order to shine for Jesus. You know, and God is calling his people to be like that castle on a hill, right? Visible, noticeable to all, giving light, you know, radiating the love of Christ's love and goodness to those around them, not hiding it. You know, it doesn't do us any good to just to read our Bibles and to pray and to learn of Jesus' goodness and then keep it to ourselves. In fact, if you're doing it right, the Holy Spirit will move you to want to share, that you will not be able to keep it to yourself. And I can speak from experience, and I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, testifying later. But you're going to want to share what you've learned. And I, and I know it's true because when I started really studying the Bible for the first time as a secular person and the Holy Spirit started to reveal all this truth to me, I, I couldn't keep it to myself. I wanted to share. I wanted to share with the missionaries who were giving me Bible study the great truths that I started to learn and came to understand. It was fascinating. But you you will not, you know, keep it to yourself, right? And, you know, sharing, spreading that light is, is part of the, the growing process of becoming a Christian. It's, it's all part of uh, coming into it and then moving through it and growing. Because there's always something to share because we're always growing ourselves. We're learning new truths. And the more truth that we learn, the more we get to share. And it's not just information. 
It's experience, right? The more uh, personal experience you have with Jesus, the more now you're qualified to share because it, it personally happened to you. You know, to let your, your light shine means if Jesus' light is in your life, it's going to spill out and spill over. And, you know, we just got to let it happen. You know, and the only thing to prevent it from happening is, is our stubbornness to let it shine. But like I said, you know, if Jesus is in our hearts and in our lives, his light will shine through. Um, so we are called to be these lights. And, you know, so what is this light? You know, and I'm not talking about the technical term that I read in the dictionary. Well, according to Matthew chapter 5, what is the light? Well, in verse 16, it says it's good works, right? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works. Light is your good works. And Jesus begins to outline the mission for his followers to undertake. And those good works are to draw people to Christ, not to themselves. You know, to be witnesses is to show the goodness of Christ in your life. And when we consider what he's done for us, you know, you can say probably with me that he saved a wretch like me. You know, I, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. What has he done for us? He loved me while I even rejected him. He pleaded with me when I wouldn't listen. You know, there was a time in my life that I treated his creation, my body, with disdain and disrespect, while Jesus always treated me with grace and respect. And ultimately, he died for me while I was his enemy. And, you know, great things. God has done great things for me. God has transformed my life personally. And, and he loved me. He, he saw value in my life, even though I was a terrible sinner. And you know what? He sees value in your life, and he sees value in everyone's life. No matter what condition they find themselves in today. God sees value. Jesus sees value. And he died for you. And he died for your neighbor. And he died for your children. And he died for your parents and everybody. He, he died for them. So, you know, we can testify what Jesus has done for us. You know, he has forgiven me of my sins. He's washed them clean. You know, he's re removed my guilt and set my feet on a rock. And set me on a plain path to walk on. You know, he's given me his spirit so that I might walk after his way and his will. You know, so we should, you know, we're to testify of what he's done for us. And you can tell somebody what you were, but now what you are, right? By the grace of God, what Jesus has done for you. You know where you've been now, uh, been, and now you know where you are. We can testify to that, and that's that's the wonderful thing about personal testimonies, is is you can share your personal experience with Christ. You know, and I do. I try to share my testimony with others. You know, 
I, I give my personal testimony at the church when I can, but I'll share it with my coworker and I'll share it with, you know, the guy at the grocery store, you know, anybody that I could talk to and, and encourage them. Now, not everybody has to go out and, and write a book or anything like that, but you, you should write it down so you can keep it fresh in your mind and, and to, and to practice and rehearse what you can say. How can you get your testimony into a conversation about the weather? You know what I mean? Things like that, you know, so we, we can testify to people about what God has done for us, but we should also let people know what he's doing. You know, I need to be telling people what he's doing for me now. You know, it's not once saved, always saved here. You know, on December 13th, 2003, I gave my life to Jesus. And then what? The rest is history? No. You know, we're writing history every day. Jesus is recreating us and making us into his image. And what is he doing for us? You know, well, we got out of bed this morning, didn't we? We put our feet on the floor. Our hearts are pumping blood through our veins, right? Lungs are taking in air. You know, there's good things that God is doing for us that many people overlook, right? But what else? Has God answered uh, your prayers recently? Has he done something special for you? Helped you with a problem? You know, maybe helped you maneuver through a challenging situation? You know, has he comforted you while you've been hurting? Yes. You know, we've got something to tell about what he's doing today. You know, God is so good to us. You know, what is he doing for me now? He died on a cross. But what is he doing now? The Bible says that he's making intercession for me right now in heaven. Jesus is alive and well in heaven today, interceding for you and interceding for me. You know, he hasn't lost his love for you or expressed lack of interest in you. He's there for you now in heaven's temple, interceding in the most holy place. You know, God is going to get the job done. It's going to happen. You know, prophecy is going to be fulfilled and Jesus is going to come back soon. But the question is, are you going to participate in hastening that day? Are you going to be a part of that mission, right? He wants us, uh, he wants to use us, right? He wants us to, to, to light up and, and to, to illuminate wherever area we are. Wherever you're living at, you need to illuminate that area with the, with the goodness and the good news of Jesus Christ, right? We have a great opportunity before us, right? We're living in a time of relative peace and ease to get the job done. Uh, because if we don't get it done, we're, we're going to have to get it done under the most forbidding, discouraging circumstances later on, aren't we? You know, God has called us to do the work and the job, and by God's grace, we're going to do it, and we're going to be successful. Because, you know, when we go out and do it, listen, when you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to be with you, then you have the Holy Spirit helping you. You have 
the angels ministering to you. You have the power that Jesus used to get it done. And his mission was a lot harder than what we have to do, right? The mission of Jesus to come down from heaven to, to have this earthly ministry and to die on a cross. We have a, a wonderful opportunity to take part in that mission. And that mission is to save souls. And you and I don't save the souls. You and I are the, the seed planters. You and I are the light to shine into the world. The Holy Spirit will touch the hearts of men and women and it will soften those hard hearts. And, and they people will turn their life over to Christ, but we need to be his agents on the ground helping in this mission. You know, it's not up to the preachers to do it alone. We all need to pitch in and do it together. We need to have a united effort proclaiming the gospel. You know, I want to see Jesus come back again, and I know you do too. So let's all do our part. Why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and mercy, and we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. We know that he is not in the grave. He is risen. He is in heaven right now, interceding on our behalf and on the behalf of all the sinners of this world. So please, let us do our part. Let us be a light in the darkness wherever we live. Forgive us of our sins, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you uh, once again for listening. I pray that you have a blessed week, and I'll see you right back here next time. Thank you.